we'd like to welcome him to the show. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for tuning in once again. And we are live. Hey, yes. I, I got a question. Now, how do you get the name Freebird? Oh, if you know me, know me. You're going to call me Freebird. I got you. So, so, so let's see. Last name Freeman. Let these cats know yeah. who, what time it is in here. So, for example, my, if anybody has had the privilege of checking out his social media, my man is a rock star. He is handling his business. If you check him out, oh, yeah. he'll be floor side, sitting floor seats at the UConn game. And then after the game, he'll be taking pictures with Gino, eating steaks at the lo- <laughs> and lobster. Then he'll leave there and be sidelined at LSU football games. Oh, yeah. My man yeah. is an inspiration. <laughs> if, if nobody knows, he's been a, a, a mentor of sorts for mine for a long time. And it's That's a pleasure to have him here That's at the podcast. Yeah. I've known Charles for what? Since y'all was what? 12, 10, <laughs> scrappiness. It's been a long time. That was back when I had a 93 Honda. 93 Honda. It was a 10th year anniversary edition. And it was clean. It was clean. It had the manufactured rims, the original five-star rims. You had oh, to yeah. buy them, yeah. So at t- that, that point in time, where are we at? Cook are, Street. No, no, no. Where, where are you at? Are you? I was probably working as a warden at Taylorville. Correctional Center. Okay, before we get there, let's back up. For those of you who don't know, I'm an avid baseball fan, yeah. long-time baseball player. Yeah. So I played at Springfield. and uh, Springfield where? Springfield, Springfield High. High. We was um, state runners up, what was it, 85, 86? Somewhere in there. Oh, wow. Yeah. So who, were, who were some of the people that you played with and against at that time? So the people we played f- with... Um, local guy Mike Matthew, you know Murph, um, Brian O'Brien. I think he's a judge now somewhere in the, in the state. Um, a guy named Mark Romer. I think he was original Lenny Dykstra back in nails. the day. Nails, Lenny nails. Dykstra. Nails. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to get on. He's going yeah. to foul yeah. pitches off all night. So Ron Riggle, the uh, coach at Lincoln Land Baseball, yes. he was. I think he started a couple, maybe one. I know at least one state game. He was a junior. I was a sophomore. I didn't get no time state, but I dressed varsity. As now, sophomore. who was your coaches at Springfield? So the main coach was Dan Callahan. He, the late Dan Callahan, he passed away. Rest in peace. Yeah. Former coach of Saluki's SIU. I think he was at either Western or Eastern after he left us because he took us to state like. With oh, wow. ease. I mean, he got the most out of his players, no doubt. Um, but, yeah, he um, went to Carbondale, and then he, he recently passed. But, um, yeah, so Springfield, that's probably the only – I mean, Jim Steinworth's still there. He was my coach as a freshman. He's been there forever. Yes, he has. Yeah, I think almost 30, 30-something 30 wow. years, 33 years. No, I think I actually – you know what's so funny? I, I actually know him because um, I went to Springfield High School. Okay. And I heard he was pretty good, they yeah. said. He went to state, uh, what, this past year? If it wasn't this past year, it was the, the year season before. before. Yeah, season before. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. He's always chewing gum. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he looks like Rob Ryan. Now he does. Yeah, he's got his hair long and everything. Because he's he's a shout out to Coach Shine. Yes, now he's the guy, man. He used to see me in the hall and tell me all I look like Magic Johnson every single time he see me. Yeah, Steinway's been around forever, man. It's a great thing that he got to go to state. I know they didn't win the ship, but that they were there is enough, you know. Wow. But uh, I remember Charles playing back at the Fear, Land Fear. Way, way, <laughs> way back. Shortstop, right? Play shortstop and I pitched a little. Yeah, yeah. You got your name on the wall. They took it down, but it was there. Okay. Yeah. He played for uh, the late great coach uh, Vos, Tom Vos. Coach Vos, I sure did. Yeah. Rest in peace. Yeah, he's a good dude. Yes, he was. His son just passed. Rest in peace. Yeah, it's a terrible thing, man. But, so um, from yeah. from from high school, you played yeah. Uh, so Division I went to one college ball. Yeah, I went to FAMU, but um, before I went to FAM, I got to I played at Lincoln Land for Krasik, Coach Krasik, nice. and uh, it was funny because all the summer league teams, you know, you would play and you would play summer with some of the kids from other high schools like Griffin back in the day, Lanfear Southeast, but Lincoln Land was the melting pot. Of all the schools, right? Oh wow! So right. if you compete against a guy from Rochester, Riverton, um, some of the other like Divernon, somewhere around there, you just didn't know these cats. But they come to Lincoln Land, you should create that bond of the city and the county guys. So, and Lincoln Land was the only shop in town at that time. There wasn't any Benedictine. No. There wasn't SCI. No. Mm. And it was no eight, UIS. Eighty-seven, eighty-eight. When we went, um, the 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 good story about Lincoln Land was that. I got there as a 17-year-old out of high school. So I graduated high school at 17. I didn't turn 18 until December. So we played fall ball. And in fall ball, you know, you you, you figure out, it's like a winter league type program where you're just figuring out what you're doing everything. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm in there. I'm rolling. I'm, I'm playing against the Griffin guys. We all competing for a spot. And I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm good. I'm ready to go. And here comes this 6'6". Six, six, 270, big dude, Mark Clark. <laughs> they end up playing for the Cardinals. Right. Yeah. Walks wow. in, and I said, red shirt. <laughs> I raised my hand quick. <laughs> I'm red shirt. Because I knew he was he's throwing 95 with ease. Right. With wow. ease. Now, how was your preparation when you trained? Oh, the best training I got, I mean, you got to go from – Callahan in high school, sophomore year, Steinwert junior, senior year. I mean, it was preparation. It was nonstop baseball preparation for me as a pitcher was running. Mm. So the preparation in high school was I went with the track team from Springfield High. We would run to Washington Park. So I would train with the track team up until baseball season. Oh, that's awesome. So they would just run. You just run. You get in shape. So pitching is basically endurance. Right. Um, so, uh, you know, 90% of pitching is intellect, so to speak. But you got to be in, have the endurance, too. But um, So then when I got to Lincoln Land, Krasik had a ton of technique things to do, from wrists, from jumping up steps, mm. to running, to, I mean, it was stuff I've never seen. So the, I'm glad you asked a question, because when I got to Florida, we didn't have that down there. Oh, wow. It was, was just, just talent. Whatever you wanted mm-hmm. to it do. was talent. Mm. Case in point, the reason is because in Florida, we were Division One, Two A. So in baseball back then, you could be Division One but be a Two A. It wasn't Division Two. It was Division One, Two A. Oh wow! And so 
we led the nation in stolen bases in 1990, 1990 and 91, I think it was. Pure talent. Now, you got to remember, Florida and M's an all-African-American school. Mm-hmm. However, it's in Florida, so you're going to get a few Latino boys. Mm-hmm. And you got a couple, we had a couple Italian guys playing, too. But majority of the team was African-American. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> Georgia, Atlanta was the main feeder of our school. We had a couple guys from Chicago, New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And um, shout out to Randall Pinnell from New Orleans. But um, basically, when you got to Florida, it was pure talent. Everybody could play. Right. Everybody, everybody could hit. Could go. Everybody <laughs> can throw and everybody could run. So it was like they didn't even worry about technique. And we had to have a coach to have to sit you down and really really work you a little bit because they had to get that out of you. But um yeah, it was we had five guys drafted out of FAMU in nineteen ninety one. That uh I don't think anybody made it to the all the way to the top, but um yeah, it was some cats, man. Wow. Now, Marquise Grissom, did he go to? So Marquise got drafted by the Montreal Expos right. in 1990. I think it was 1989 or 90. It had to be 90. Let's see. No, 89, because I got there in 89 and he had just left. Okay. Now, check this out. He got drafted as a pitcher. Marquise Grissom? Because... <laughs> The, and, and the expo saw him as a uh, he's he's fast, super fast. They mm-hmm. saw him and he can hit. Mm-hmm. So in college, if down south you pitch, you hit, you can hit. And uh, Marquise was all around, all around great. And I think wow. it was when they saw him run out a a foul ball or something where he beat it to first base or something happens. Some story they told, but um, yeah, Marquise uh, he was he was it. So he was before me. Okay. The year before I got there, he was there. But, um, you know, Andre Dawson, FAMU. Vince Coleman. Hawk. Remember Vince Coleman? Oh, Vince yes. Vince Cardinals, FAMU. Wow. Stolen base yeah. legend. Hal McCray. Yes. FAMU. Ernie Riles from the Oakland A's, okay. FAMU. So uh, there's a lot, of, a lot of heritage down there, man. A lot of, I didn't know. Yeah, a lot of talent. Tallahassee. Yeah, Tallyho, man. Tallyho. Shout out to my nephew, Duran. He's at... Fam, you was ROTC. Got down there, so yeah. You know Myron Hunter? Great left-handed pitcher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Myron was the man. Yes. In high school, yeah, Cubs. Chicago Cubs got him. Yep. I. I he. Uh, so my uncle actually. That's your uncle. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's and awesome, uh, he. Uh, I think he played with Greg Maddox a little bit when, or started off with Greg Maddox in the minor leagues. So. Myron could throw wow. 92 with ease, with ease as a left-handed. Lefty. Ooh, that was probably <laughs> By 6'4". He was killing high school. Killing them. What, what school did he go to? I think Springfield. South, or Springfield, Springfield. I think it was Springfield. Hey, I want to say Southeast, but I know Springfield, yeah. To this day, when I play catch with him, his ball is heavy. Oh, yeah. yeah he threw a heavy ball. Yeah, Just that's heavy. good. That's good. Mark Clark threw a heavy ball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a difference. It's a lot of revolutions on the ball. Just it pounds so you, man. It's a, yeah. it's a heavy ball. Being heavy and being light. <laughs> it's a difference between them two. I think there is because I caught. Uh, I used to. Oh yeah. In summer league, I would catch just because we didn't have guys that knew what to do or whatever. So we had a guy named Charles Charlie White. I think his name was. He played for the uh, Frontiers. Okay. Um, he threw like 92. Wow. And but his ball would have movement. 
a heavy ball is one that just pounds you. Mm. A movement ball, when it gets to you, it's going to move just a tad bit. Mm-hmm. Make a slight adjustment. Yeah. Slide just a little, a little bit, bit. Break just a little. Wow. It has a little bit of movement in it, you know, but that, that heavy ball is going to pound you. It's gonna, ooh, you're going to feel it. Yeah. Well, so it's different. Knock back. Yeah. It's like the 45 hitting you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not a nine. Yeah. Right, I don't. Right. <laughs> fall ball, I'm not playing catch with them. Yeah, because tough. it just hurts. Myron could hit too, man. Oh, he played yeah, he on hit. our summer league team after he got out, and we had this adult baseball league in town, NABA National Adult Baseball Association or something. And uh, yeah, he played with us, man. He could hit, he still throw. So mm-hmm. it's tough, man, man. That's awesome. That's a memory there, Myron. Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I try to get him out out of retirement, play a little <laughs> softball. Well, it's, it's he, good that you had good things to say about him. Yeah. Oh, he, he you know, another, <laughs> another guy in town that uh, you probably don't know about is a guy named Mike Pittman. He was a mentor I, of mine. Mike I know Mike Pittman. Pittman. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So older Mike. So there's a young Mike okay. who's doing great things. I check him out on LinkedIn, by the way. Mm-hmm. Young Mike is doing baseball stuff on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. He's collaborating with some people out in California. And there's a guy who was just on Price is Right, won three cars. Wow. From Springfield. Young Mike Pittman was on Price is Right. Won what? Three. Oh, that he did? Oh, he won wow. three cars on the show. Right. Check wow. it out on YouTube, man. It's crazy. <laughs> His dad FaceTimed it live or Facebook. FaceTime Facebook did live or something. But uh, b- b- so Big Mike, Big Mike was the first, for me, left-handed African-American pitcher for the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. And he played here in town for the single-A Springfield Cardinals. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, Mike's got a couple you go to his house he's got a couple pictures of spring training when he was with Willie McGee Ozzie Smith Leon Durham that whole crew at spring training and Mike was should have been I think today's time Mike would be he would have been the pros wow. I just think back then maybe the stigma the, the thought of a black left handed pitcher mm-hmm. you know you had to be something str- extremely special mm-hmm. but Mike was special he taught me man we've gone out to the YMCA this is how so he's from East St. Louis. Mm-hmm. And Mike said that when he was younger, he would, the way he got to throw baseballs was he would take rocks and throw them at trains. Oh, wow. Seriously. And he said that um, that developed his arm. I've never caught anybody that I didn't want to play catch with was Mike Pittman because his ball was heavy yeah. and it moved. Mm-hmm. Wow. And if you see Mike Double and you trouble. know Mike, Mike could throw a damn baseball good. And he was a hell of a teacher. Um, we would go to the YMCA. So you know the Y now downtown mm-hmm. you know you got the courts upstairs mm-hmm. mike was so big and bad he said get your glove meet me upstairs it's all right <laughs> go upstairs there's two games going on the side court uh-huh. it's not the big court the side and they right. ball you know they ball out the right. it's right. crazy we in between the two courts playing catch he's a stand on the line just play catch with me <laughs> i would not i was scared to drop the ball but he would zip it in there you know the lights and the wide. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's not for it's, baseball. It's sketchy yeah. in there. It's not for baseball, man. <laughs> it's sketchy. There's some dead. It's zones. almost orange in there. Yeah, it, yeah. it is orange. <laughs> some dead, there's some dead zones, and you know, every, one time I shocked myself in there. Yeah, <laughs> I was trying to turn on the lights behind. That, crazy man, the little mat, and shocked myself. Yeah. <laughs> so shout out to Mike, man. Mike was a heck of a shout guy. Shout out to Mike. Remember, ben, you know, name Ben Pifus? I don't. Oh man, he's Cleveland Indians from here. Pitcher, black. There's so many great athletes that came from here. Bake McBride. <laughs> Bake McBride Springfield. is a, my cousin. Springfield. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of uh, baseball that comes out of here that I didn't wow. know. There it's, was a lot of baseball being played right, right. back it's in the, the day. Mm-hmm. I, 
uh, most of the children that I knew in my neighborhood or that I kind of went to school with at least played little league with me. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. For a while. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, and it was different by the time I couldn't get anybody to come outside and play some ball. I, <laughs> it was always basketball, which, uh-huh. you know, I liked it, but I grew up playing baseball. So, I, you know, you try to get people to, hey, let's get some guys together so we can play some ball, baseball. Right. Um, I want to say stay in the house. Like, Matter what? of fact, that's how I know Dave. Um, from playing baseball, playing against his younger cousins yeah. and me becoming friends with them, mm-hmm. great friends, best friends, and growing up with them at their house and the, the influence that their their house had mm-hmm. on kids our age. I mean, there was, at all times, there was five to seven kids there, right. you know, in middle school age or fifth and sixth grade. That's when I started going over there. And it was like the gingerbread house. Exactly. There's always food, good. Shout out to Uncle Fred. Good Kool Aid. <laughs> oh, good right. Kool Aid. Yeah. That's, that yes. sounds good. Butter cake. Butter cake, oh, cherry cheesecake, fried oh, fish, <laughs> pork yeah. steaks. You name it. I mean, it was good times over man, there. Man, it, it's not like that anymore. No, it's the, not. You can't do that anymore. It's different times. Hmm. Different times, speaking of different times, did you see where the articles of impeachment were presented? By the Democrats? By the, by six Democrats. Mm. Is this going to stick? And that's what I was wondering, because I saw it on Facebook, and I was wondering, you know, is this the real deal, you know? I don't, I mean, I'm asking cause if it's going to stick, because I turned on the TV, and it, it, they're not, it wasn't going nuts. Like, no, it wasn't going nuts. So that's why I'm like, is this really going to mm-hmm. stick? Because normally somebody, you know, a president about to be impeached, it's going to be on CNN, Fox. Is he the first president? No, mm, uh, Bill Clinton no. was impeached. So was wow. uh, Nixon. Nixon. Yeah. Wow. But being impeached doesn't remove you from office. Mm-hmm. What is being impeached? Well, just I, I could be far off here, but I know Nixon was impeached and he was removed. Bill Clinton, they brought up impeachment too, but he was not removed from office. I think that was the difference between those two. Who replaced Nixon? Google time. <laughs> it doesn't lie. Kennedy, what Kennedy took, uh, what Lyndon Johnson took Kennedy, right? Yes. So I don't know who took so, Nixon, man. I got a question though for you guys. So how do y'all feel while you're looking that up? How do you feel about, um, so that, you know, there's the, the Democrats and the Republicans. And the big question I have for people is, what do you think about the a minority running as a Republican? Because I think that's going to be, that's going to be something here in Springfield that is going to be a topic soon. I don't know. I, I don't really have a real answer for that because I've heard people, and this is why I don't even really like politics, but, Somebody asked me, what are you, a Republican or a Democrat? And I said, I don't know. Oh, you're, and then some lady came from left field and was like, oh, you're black, you're a Democrat. And I was like, mm-hmm. what does that mean? Mm-hmm. You know, like, there's things on both sides mm-hmm. that I agree with. There's both things on both sides that I don't agree with. And so, to me, 
I I would hate for it to be like, oh, it, you're automatically a Democrat just because you're black. That to me, that's I'm I'm me. Well, there's some Republicans, some black Republicans that were just voted in. I don't know exactly what states or what their time. Maybe a mayor here mm-hmm. and there, maybe a Senate Republican or something, a, a representative. But um, I look at I look at it like so you can two two thoughts. You can look at it and say, well, if you become part of a system that maybe needs adjusting, like the police force, people mm-hmm. say we need more African-Americans to police. We need more African-American district attorneys. We need mm-hmm. we need more. But then you don't hear people saying we need more black Republicans. Mm-hmm. You don't hear that. So then you think, why is that? You know, there's such a hatred towards that. And you look back at the history of Republicans with 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 Lincoln. You would think that if you know your history with Lincoln, that <clears throat> being a Republican and doing emancipation, slaves. Mm-hmm. So you think, okay, well, the Republicans must have been for black people back then. Mm-hmm. And then you hear the deep-rooted issues of the South back when the original party of the Democrats was created. You think, you, you hear about people talking about being connected to the KKK and all this other stuff. But then today it's all turned around. Mm-hmm. It's totally different. So it's like, why would you run as a Republican, as an African-American, right? So you think, well, it could be to get in there and make some changes inside that own party. But man, it's it's you're such a minority in a minority of a of a situation that um, you know I think it's 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 going to be challenges ahead for people that that choose that. But I think it's if you have a good voice and you bring a good message, I don't care who you who you are, what you run for, right. you know, if you deliver that, like I think Obama could have ran as Republican and won. Mm-hmm. I really do. Mm-hmm. That's just kind of where I was just exactly going to go. I'm I'm under the impression I don't care which team you play for. It depends on how you're speaking to mm-hmm. me and how you're speaking to my issues that mm-hmm. address me mm-hmm. and my circle. See that and to me that's how it's supposed to be. When you're I mean cuz it's still kind of like segregation to me when you're like, well, you're you're automatically a democrat here. And, you're, you know, if you're if you think like this or you're a certain color, you're automatically Republican. That's that's still to me like segregation. So it, to well, me, it's, it's, it's definitely it's, dividing line. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I mean, shouldn't it be for any man in this world based off of what this guy stands for? Does he stand for what your beliefs are? Or, you know, it shouldn't be like, oh, man, I like what this guy is saying, but. He's a Republican, so I can't vote for him. I'm going to vote for this guy just because he's a Democrat. That doesn't make any sense. You know, like it nobody's does. thinking mm-hmm. for themselves when I and, and, and some people actually do that. You know, it's like, well, he, he's a Republican. I ain't going to I'm not going to vote for him just because he's a Republican. It, like you're you're not even thinking for yourself. You're automatically on this team. I, like I said, I, I agree with Charles, what he's saying, because, you know, I go off of what the person is speaking for. To be honest with you, I really don't know the difference between Republican and Democrat. I really don't pay attention to it. Um, but I actually look at the person itself, because if he's speaking a good message and he's speaking towards my needs and what I believe in, then yeah, you know, I'll vote for you. But this Trump thing, 
you know, he's not speaking to anything of my needs and wants of what I believe in, you know, but I totally agree with Charles, you know, on this one. But General Ford, or excuse me, Gerald Ford. Gerald Ford. Was who replaced Nixon. Gotcha. That that to me, man. I that I've always had that question though, because everybody's just. It, it, it amazes me how many people actually think like that. I know. Where it's just like, oh, he, it, y- y'all in the gang? <laughs> <laughs> did you, did you take oath see, to my, get in? That's how my grandmother. That's how she raised me. Well, she, traditionally, you know. there is a kind of air. That certain parties have certain qualities that they hold and have values that reflect a certain type of demographic. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's based on. But the bottom line is a true personality that wants to serve the people should be able to transcend and break through those type of automatic barriers that are presented by saying Democrat or Republican. Right. Mm-hmm. They should be able like you were saying, I believe Obama had that type of charisma and charismatic mm-hmm. to him that he could have ran as a Republican and still won. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you would think that that would be the goal of just bringing everybody together. You know, you would think that that, that would be the goal of that you would want to accomplish, right? Well, it, de- it just depends on what perspective you're coming from. I mm-hmm. think an Obama-type perspective, he has to want people to come together because he needs that to get in office. Right, true. He couldn't run a divisive platform because then he would just divide himself back into the state legislation house. You got to think, he was the first internet-based. He came true, out of left field. True internet-based candidate. They grassrooted it, you know, grassrooted went door to door. Mm. Um, they got the message out and just created a movement. And um, I can't really speak to what Trump and I did. Only thing he spoke to was sensationalism of, of issues of, he played on people's thoughts and mm-hmm. people's inner core. You know, um, you could relate it to people going to comedy shows and they'll laugh about black and white jokes, you know, but when they go home, it's like, you know, eh, you know, they, they, it's just kind of weird how that, how that all comes together with, but, um, yeah, the, 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 with Obama running as Republican and, and leaving, if he was, if, if I, I guess just without losing my train of thought here about him, but if going over to the right side, um, I just think his person overall was genuine enough to where he could pull Democrats he could have pulled the Democrats over like he pulled Republicans over. Okay. So yeah. How you guys feel about, uh, uh, just the internet in general, you know, with, uh, the way it's going towards, um, with, with, when you look at Trump, how he's using that platform to send messages to kind of see, you know, before it was TV, it was advertising. I definitely, yeah, I definitely think Mm -hmm. with this last presidential race that we've seen it's going to forever change the way we see presidential races um no longer do you need to be on nbc or get an interview to speak your piece or to throw your jab whatever you want to do trump does it daily and it's almost Mm -hmm. became its own reality show right 
What did Trump do? I wake up in the morning <laughs> and turn the TV on wondering what happened last <laughs> night. <laughs> I'm not wrong. You know, every week mm-hmm. I'm, I'm entertained and because the, he's saying something. It's comical. It's, <clears throat> I, it's uncharacteristic of a president mm-hmm. this was of the so, United States. This was so mind blowing to me. And I was just thinking about this the other day. You wake up, you look at your iPhone He's the head of the headlines. He's on ESPN. The actual sportcasters are talking about his tweet tweets of what he have tweet and put out, you know, about sports and different things like that. And for I mean, I just I just can't believe that he has that much time to spend that much just typing little Mm -hmm. things and throwing jabs at people where we at war with different things and going through different where our country is going through hmm. DT <laughs> I mean yeah I, I don't man he's definitely taking advantage because you know something that we've heard before like you know ABC is Facebook and Fox is Twitter and you you know that's this the stuff new is, TV it, you is know, your, this, your phone people mm-hmm. are watching this stuff before Fox, I mean, all you got to do is turn your phone on and you're, you're plugged in, you know? So he's just taking advantage of the, the new age. You think about the kids that for, for like, say one years old to nine, if, if he stays in office for two terms, so say Trump stays in office for two terms, mm-hmm. eight years. Yeah. Realize a nine year old will have been known a president. It's just like when Obama, there was nine-year-olds that knew, and then there's 18-year-olds. Say they were nine, and when he got out, was 18. All they knew, they had a black president. Mm-hmm. Think about the time when you start really thinking about something conscious in your brain, um, whatever age you are. Some people start early, some people start late. But um, think of the effect of the generations, how it's going to be. You know, At one point, you look back, the Bushes, two terms each, Definitely. That's what, 16 years? 16. Clinton had a term, two terms. Mm-hmm. Obama had two terms. That's 32 years, right? Mm-hmm. Of those four guys. And um, I don't know what significance that is, but America wasn't that bad back then to say that you have to come out and then say, we're going to make America great again. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe, you know, you might enhance it, but it's already great. If you think back on it, think you think back on, I don't know how you, what you got in 40, I'm turning 48, but I don't remember any time in my life where a president affected what I did. Mm-hmm. Seriously, right. you know, right. at, my, at my level right. of living, mm-hmm. you know, so you got to think if there's people really being affected, who are they, where are they at? Because the people down South, Obamacare was helping. Well, they voted him out or they voted Trump in and he took their Obamacare away. Obamacare helped a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Now, it don't help a lot of businesses. There's a lot of businesses are pissed off because it costs them more money and premiums. Mm-hmm. But if you think about it, people just aren't, it, I don't know if they, you want to call them uneducated. I don't know. Some people are educated. Maybe some people just don't think clearly or think through the issue because they just have an indoctrination of who what they are. But um, this country's been run by not many people for a lot of years. And, um, you know, I really don't even take take claim. And, you know, did anybody in this room complain about Obama when he was president? 
You know what I'm saying? You don't have to answer that. My point is, mm-hmm. we all complain about certain things. It don't matter really who's in office, mm-hmm. you know. And I think rightfully so. I think anybody in office should be getting pressed by yeah, different groups exactly. because you can't. You can't. Everybody can't be given the same amount of treatment and attention, and so they feel fulfilled. Mm-hmm. So if I have an issue, you've got an issue. He's got to address one of those two. Right. Maybe he can address both of them. Maybe he can't. Right. But if he addresses right. mine, then I should be on him until mm-hmm. he addresses my issue. So in my mind, at no time should a president of the United States be at a point of at ease because all these different groups from different walks of life and backgrounds should be j- jockeying for position to mm-hmm. try to get their points across mm-hmm. so they shall always be in a, a a point of trying to be more informed about the society that they govern because you have all these different groups trying to speak their voice to you right I, I, that's just that's life you know if you're ahead of anything uh you can't please everybody. You're not supposed to be able to. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it just, just can't happen. You know, mm-hmm. I worked in an office of four. Mm-hmm. I thought that was easy. You know, it, I, I can't people, please all of them. I think people sometimes forget that there has to be somebody in charge. And this has nothing to do with Trump. Mm-hmm. But if you look at a pastor of your church, everybody don't agree with the pastor. You're right. They'll be back there complaining all day, every day. Mm-hmm. And it's just a point where people, either you're going to respect authority and take the hit that somebody doesn't agree with what you agree with and just work through the issue. And they have committees to vote on things for certain reasons. So um, if I got a question, um, change up to change up the gear here. Uh, how do you guys. So. I don't know if I should talk about the medical piece that I just left with the uh, corrections. It's just been on my mind because there's a, there's a food component. I want to kind of bridge the, the conversation here. So first of all, is anybody in this room vegan? No. No. Even close to being vegan. Not close, but I, I, I'm, I'm familiar. You understand it. So I was looking up this thing on Instagram. This the guy, official gray music. I don't know if I can play this on here, but y'all seen this guy? Actually, yeah, I have. <laughs> I did see him one time last year on oh, World Star. Yeah, he was on the Thanksgiving yep. one, yep. So he talks about he's vegan and he he's become pretty famous because of the rap he did over that song with uh-huh. I think Shirley, Shirley Caesar. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, 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 I know yeah, what you're yeah. talking about. Greens, beans, potatoes, yes, 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 <laughs> yes, yes. So uh he uh so my uh, I only bring this up because my kids and my wife are vegan. And they became vegan based on a few things, but um, um, uh, mainly was the health of some of our elders in our family. My dad had passed away back in March. My mother got breast cancer Mm. two months later. She's fine now. My wife's mother got breast cancer, same type, within months after that. And um, yeah, so so they, they got to this big thing about eating food, the way they eat it. It's very interesting because 
I know one of my friends, Glenn, had went vegan sure, for a while. And he yeah. said he stopped because of his the vitamins or something the intake wasn't right or something he said. Right. But um I, I went two, three three weeks at a time. Never went full. But three weeks at a time I went vegan without no meat, no dairy, no bread. I mean, I've limited a lot of, no preservatives, period. So what was your diet consistent of before Bean, then? Oh, before then? Before oh, then. my God. What so did you do? <laughs> Mountain Dew, Honey Bun, um, Jelly Rose, I'd have Well, the, for the li- hold on. For the listeners out there, don't let him fool you. Like I said, check out his social media. He's in tip-top <laughs> shape. He runs 5Ks, uh, Yeah, I've run marathons. two half marathons. We've done, uh, uh, I was going to go into that piece, too, with, um, I've run some relays, with some groups, uh, Ladero Hale, Bruce Hale, um, shout out those guys that run. Um, but we've done river to river to where it's 80 miles from Mississippi river to the Ohio river. And you run with a team of eight guys and you split the 80 miles. Um, we run the 200 mile. Um, I've run that twice from Madison, Wisconsin to Chicago. That's an overnight run. Um, and you run that with 12 guys um, you're in a van and you just alternate, you know, five miles here, three miles there, oh, wow. but you might have four or five hours in between your weight. You, so you're, you're in the van waiting, sitting, resting, trying to figure your food intake out and all that. But, um, it's a grind. It's a grind, but it's, 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 it's awesome when you're done mm-hmm. because you see what your effects are. Gotta be fulfilling. It's mm-hmm. very fulfilling. It's mind over matter. Seriously, because first of all, to ride in a vehicle, a van with seven other guys, you have to have chemistry. Anybody <laughs> that played collegiate level anything will know what yes. that means. I mean, if you're not if, flying somewhere yeah. on a, uh, with a team, you're in, you're a, in a van. In a van. So uh, <laughs> you got to get some music on and you got to have some camaraderie somewhere. Something's got to be common. But um, so the vegan, the, 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 the food intake before, though, I would eat pork chops, steaks, um, pot roast. I'd eat eggs all the time. I'd eat um spaghetti that wasn't clean i call it now because it had preservatives in it mm-hmm. so you know you have all these dyes and everything to make the color right mm-hmm. synthetic sugars mm-hmm. you know so uh did a little research my daughter kept telling me all this stuff about what she does they are straight vegan i mean now it's rice and beans lettuce uh fruits and vegetables if we do milk it's almond milk soy mm. milk soy milk by the way is the bomb i will tell you that right now I um, just I just converted over so, to almond milk. Oh man, almond milk's good too, man. Yeah, I just yeah. did, it was so hard. Is it the lactose, like the non-lactose? It's just almond milk. Uh-huh. No, it's, it's just almond, almond milk. milk. Yeah, no milk, no nothing. Yeah, no regular milk. But um, I tell you what, I found that um, just getting educated on it. Forks over knives is a show on Netflix. I guess uh-huh. you got to check it out. Um, what the beef or what the what the health? What the health? That's what it is. But um, my girls, man, they, you know, they got into this thing where they don't, they, they care for the animals. So it's the inhumane treatment of animals. Mm-hmm. That's their thing now. So I get it. I get it. Factory farming yeah. and all that. And they, and they, they check me, man. If they see me getting ready to go get out. I, oh, man, I want a Freddy's burger, man. <laughs> I want a Culver's burger, man. Oh, yeah. But once you get your, your plate clean. Sure. It doesn't even taste the same. Don't even want it. And then I started losing a lot of weight, though. And that's what bothered me. I started. I was at 215 about a year ago. I'm probably 195 wet right now. And I was going to ask you, what about your strength levels? Were you able Stayed to maintain the same. that? You were able to maintain I that. I cut. I cut up like no other. Before I used to think cutting up was you got to do all this cardio. You know, mm-hmm. you got to do all these these other things and take all this, you know, hydroxy cut. 
you know, go take some amino acids, some protein, stuff like that. And you, you clean your system out from preservatives of all that negative food particles and ingredients that you really don't need in your body. Your body looks at it as foreign. One of the biggest deals right now that I found, I'm going to tell you why I know this, the high fructose corn syrup mm-hmm. is in everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is the a new, cheapest filler on earth. It's the newest nicotine. And I guarantee you in 10 to 15 years, there'll be studies to say, oh my God, the nicotine. Oh, remember how they went through the whole smoke thing, the truth, all these commercials uh-huh. and the government made the tobacco industry, put all this money towards research and nicotine was addicting. Right. They finally came out and said it's mm-hmm. addicting. So is high fructose. Corn high fructose syrup. corn syrup is addicting because it tells your body you're not full. Reason being, you go get a bag of Oreos right now. You can sit, and eat that whole bag of Oreos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even if you were full, you would eat that bag of Oreos with ease. Tell me you can't. You, you would eat. You crush mm-hmm. it. It ain't because it's that good. They are good. They're good. But oh, yeah. it's because that nick that high fructose corn syrup is a trigger. It it tells it doesn't let your body know that it's full. Okay, and we don't honor those things. I've learned this from a young man named um Rayhan Westbrook, his own brother. Yeah. Was a uh sign he played with the uh, Capital Sound. Uh-huh. Smartest brother I know, man, for real. And I'm gonna tell you right now, he's a professor at John Hopkins in Baltimore, Maryland. Awesome. Just That's left awesome. here, SIU School of Medicine as a chemist. He's at John Hopkins, man, writing business journals. Full braids, corn road. <laughs> still ride his bike around Baltimore how do I know this I've spent my last two months in Baltimore and uh, Rayhan's a good brother man he's smart man he does all this research he, he hit me on the high fructose corn syrup now he still goes out we still have we'll go have a steak mm-hmm. some potatoes asparagus you know I'm a Brussels sprouts friend now you ever had Brussels sprouts at Brussels. Cooper's Hawk mm-hmm. get the appetizer Brussels sprouts at Cooper's Hawk you'll be like dang what's up with that so anyway my point um, to, to, to the whole effect of veganism um, I changed the word up at the house I said man it's clean eating because vegan man people get so offended mm-hmm. what where you get your protein what because it's almost the same thing as Democrat Republican and automatically you you have these preconceived notions Thank you. of mm-hmm. how either the vegan lives their life or how a meat eater lives their life and people think it's a white thing. This brother on Instagram, he's having a picnic this weekend, a pre-Thanksgiving dinner, the straight vegan, no meat. Oh, wow. They've substituted everything. But I guarantee you what, man, I've had the substitutes and stuff. You wouldn't know the difference. And no. it's, if, you, if you cook it right and you, and you do it. And guess what, man? I'm telling you right now, I went three weeks with no meat. I didn't die. My strength stayed the same. My bench is still the same. I'm strong. And the protein, this looks crazy. My daughter tripped me out on this, man. She says, well, how, I get protein from a, from a cow, you know, from whatever the, the meat I get, right? She said, well, how do they get their protein? Well, they eat the grass. Mm-hmm. You know, they eat leaves and they eat greens. And I was like, oh, she goes, that's that's remix, remix protein. <laughs> that's exactly what that man, is. Man, she made so much sense. Well, see, I heard, and I don't know how true it is, but I heard that you can get more protein out of broccoli. Oh, yeah, and man. steak. And that's what I heard. I, I mean, I don't know how true that is, but that's what I'm I heard. sure my daughter knows. But I think that is very true. I think I've heard her say that because, um, and they they all look good, man. My kids, dynamite, man, beautiful family. They their skins changed. Mm. I mean, you know, they barely use. They don't never wear makeup anyway. But um, yeah, it's just you know, it's it's, it's a good thing, man. 
It's and drinking water. How much water did you just drink? My body would tell me to drink water because I wasn't drinking enough mm-hmm. back then. Now I drink a lot. Um, I'd say I'm two for one now. Before I was one bottle, and I'm at two bottles. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, my body would hold a lot of water mm-hmm. back when I was eating just everything. Just eat what you see. Pizza, mm-hmm. I devour that. Um, but it, my health, I feel... I feel good. I feel alive. My, my, my thinking is clear. I don't know if you guys have this problem, but sometimes if you find yourself scattered, like ADHD, you know, you mm-hmm. got too much on your mind. You got mm-hmm. seven things open. So you'll keep, you'll go work on number three and you'll go back to six. But I can't get two done because I got seven over here. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to go work on one. Well, wait a minute, five needs me. You feel me on that? I feel you. So I yes. that's part of the preserve. I really truly think it's part of the preservatives that we're intaking our body because it's a chemical. It, it has to be. Just think about it. If you, it's like a car. If you're if you're driving a Bentley, now you know you can't put Clark gas in there. <laughs> you playing talked about this before. You, talk you about better this before. go to Shell and put the the highest octane in town right. in that tank. <laughs> and that's the same thing we ideally should be doing with our bodies. Like you said, because you're scatterbrained, you're erratic because you have these foreign bodies in your body and your body's trying to fight those off. They don't know what to do with it. So Rayhan said this. He says, your body has to figure out which thing is it going to process first. When you intake some food, it's going to break it up and say, okay, what do I know and what is foreign? Well, the foreign stuff, I'm going to sit over here first and I'm going to digest what I know I can digest or I know I'm going to put into nutrients. So the other stuff is sitting over here. What has become fat stores and it stores mm-hmm. and it sits. OK, at no time when we was in high school, did you know of anybody on your team, more than one or two guys that had asthma? Right. Right. Maybe had an abuterol inhaler mm-hmm. just because I'm in the industry now there's a a team I'm associated with or a couple teams. And I swear to you, one team, the players out of 10 that I counted seven inhalers on the bench. Wow. Seven. What type of sport? Basketball. Wow. Wow. And the kids middle school. We are over educating. We are over medicating our kids and our adults. I'm gonna tell you why. Yesterday there was a uh, thing on ticker tape on the, um, CNN and I read it and it said that the American Health Association and all these six other health conglomerates of the United States deemed that high blood pressure needs to be lowered. The number has to be lowered so that excuse me, so that if it was at 130 over 90 or 120 over 80, whatever high blood, whatever the number was considered to be high blood pressure, they lowered it. So now it's going to not only include the original people that had high blood pressure. It's also going to include over half of American citizens are now going to be considered high blood pressure because they changed the number. Hmm. Why? Why? Why are they changing the number? What pharmaceutical company said, hey, y'all not buying enough of our high blood pressure medicine? That's crazy. It had to be influenced. Think about this, man. It had to be influenced. So now they're going to tell everybody you got high blood pressure? So you got to go buy medicine? Mm-hmm. And then if you're on medicine, they're going to have to counter that medicine. My mom was on six medications. She's 60-something years old. I said, why? What, what is that to counteract these things? 
I'm on I'm on a pedestal, man. I'm sorry. You're good. That's that's good, man. I, I, that, I, I'm gonna throw one more thing at you, man, because I, I gotta get this off. So I, I come from working inside the jails and the prisons. All right. So I spent about ten years in DOC working, and then I took a little break uh, when Bogovich came around and the Democrats got rid of everybody that they deemed in politics as being Republican at the time. So I had a great job at the time being a warden at the prison. I got to let go. Um, I was associated with Republicans. So the blacks Mm -hmm. that you would think that people say, well, you're black, you're a Democrat. Mm -hmm. So they were firing people and they they fired some, some blacks that had positions. Mm -hmm. So um, whether they knew they were Democrat or Republicans, whatever. So anyway, so took a break. Back in, I got back in with this health company. Not there anymore, so I can talk freely about it. I'm glad I'm doing this today because I'm totally off the books with my other company. But uh, my job was I was basically operating seven jail medical units throughout the country. And what my job entailed was just to just to be a director of operations. So if you look at it compared to a um, urgent care. So if you go to prompt care, urgent care, there's one in every jail. Okay. Essentially. Okay. The idea, the components are all there. Um, they can triage, they do observation, they do dental psychology. Um, that some of them have eye doctor things, but anyway, the point is I started noticing that our company was, you know, they're, they're, they're for profit company. Okay. Privately owned, but for profit. And, uh, the mission for me was I want to save money because I, I, I bonus at the end of the year. So if I can save money on not giving you those red headphones, I give you those white headphones because mm-hmm. it's cheaper. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? IE being medicine as well. Then a company's going to make money or save money. Sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Who wants to be in business to lose money? Nobody. 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 All right. So it's a business and people say, Oh, we don't want to privatize corrections. Corrections already privatized. It's already privatized. So my point is, I started noticing I was saving money. I learned how to do it. I got real good at it. Okay. And I see brothers walking in the hall. And I say brothers, when I was talking in prison, I say brothers, it could be white, black, whoever. It's the inmates. Okay. Because um, there's fools in every color. You hear what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And and it, there there's fools as correctional officers as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's some good people, a lot of good people on both sides. Um, so you have to be very cautious of that when you make decisions, when you look at things. But I saw these guys walking through and I didn't see too many overweight guys. I saw in shape dudes, man, you know, mm-hmm. and what they always say, black don't crack. And they say, oh man, brothers look good when they come out of prison. Oh man, you look young. <laughs> so you got to think about what are they really saying? What's, what's really going on? So I started thinking about this for three and a half years. I've watched and looked and learned. And I said, they're not feeding them preservative foods. Mm. Mm. It's soy based mm-hmm. foods. They're not getting McDonald's. They're not. They're not getting junk. Now they can go to the commissary and load up, but that ain't gonna sustain you. Right. Okay. They go get whatever is fed. They might have chicken Thursday. Now everybody shows up for chicken Thursday. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They have a lot of breads, but guess what they do have? Most places have gardens. Mm. And fresh salads yeah, and let fruits. Let me ask you this. I'm sorry, I didn't mean no, to cut you off, Todd. Um, is now I heard that in the jail cells, they put things in their food. Who's to, they? 
Well, I, I don't know whoever prepares the food, but I heard that they put things in their food to, I guess, like a filler. I can't think of what it is, but I that's what how I heard that that's how they get the bulk and different things because wherever they put in their food, it's like a filler to keep them full. Well, I don't know about that, but I would tell you this. Majority of places, the inmates fix the food. Mm. Uh, majority of prisons, the prisons I was at, the inmates would fix the food. And when I, as a correctional administrator, would eat, I would go to the inmate line. Mm. I learned that from an old school boss up in Chicago. You go to the inmate line because they ain't going to mess up their own food. Mm-hmm. Okay. When we go get our food for the officer's station, we go get it from the inmates line and take separated. You don't have separate foods. Mm-hmm. Now, some places, if they had an ideal guy that they trusted, a guy that's been around for a while, okay, they'll have him cook the food. But majority of places, majority of bulk, the inmates cook the food. Now, mm-hmm. the fillers, I've never seen anything like mm-hmm. that. Wouldn't know of anything like that. But I would tell you, the guys that get big, they're truly working out mm-hmm. and they're Daily. eating clean. Mm-hmm. Think about that. And they're under medicating because of what? Money. Mm-hmm. Now you go on the outside, I'm going to medicate you. You come to my hospital, my doctor's office, I'm going to give you all the medicine because the pharmaceutical companies are paying me for that, right? Mm-hmm. And then your insurance company is going to pick up the rest. Whatever I need, you're going to buy and need it. So I'm going to give you some medication. And I'm giving you preservative foods. I'm giving you all this stuff. Now I'll let you go work out. You can work out. It's free, right? You're free. You can do what you want. You're going to be too tired to work out. Mm-hmm. You're going to get even sicker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to give you some more medicine. I think that needs to be something that is taught to um, our our children more as black people as a whole. Because mm-hmm. I've always, you just don't see it too much, you know, around here. But we should be telling more of our kids to go to school for agriculture. You know, we don't, I don't see, I don't know too well, many black people that are, are in agriculture. Well, it's tough to have that perspective when you, you know, you grow up in the inner city, you right, have to right. vision that or see that or be told that are shown how to garden mm-hmm. and, and take care of plants. And, and, and what Childish Gambino said is grandpa had a peanut farm. Mm-hmm. You heard that on the thing? Yeah. Because, yep. <laughs> you know, I talked to this lady. And she's she is telling me, well, I know where all my food comes from. And I'm just like, man, I don't know where any of my food comes from. She knows where her meat, everything, because she, you know, she's got livestock. She's got her own garden. She's growing her own stuff. Mm-hmm. And she's eating a lot more healthier. Her stuff spoils. I would tell you in, in a couple of days, you know. Yeah, because yeah, no preservatives. There's nothing in it, mm-hmm. you know. I tell you, in in the South, in Louisiana to Florida, where I've been been around a little bit, you there's quite a few minorities that have own land mm-hmm. and that um, that that know about agriculture, so to speak. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, up here in Illinois, man, just don't know. We, we're sheltered, mm-hmm. sheltered. But um, yeah, the 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 ironic part of the whole. Uh, prison system, the medicine, the eating, and all that. Um, it just made me really start looking at, thinking about, you know, why do these guys look the way they do when they come out? You know, they're not around smoke, mm-hmm. being not being totally med- medicated, because we're not handing medicine out. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you that right now. It, it's not being handed out. 
Okay. And, uh, so I think, I think it's a true Testament. It's it basically, it, it, it gives you the answer. Um, it's the clean living, clean eating, and then you keep working out. Okay. I think it affects a lot of stuff, but, um, that's my piece on it, man. That, that's, oh, that's yeah. funny. You say that because I, I talk to, uh, Charles sometimes where some days I'm more focused and more alert than others. And it's like, why can't I get that every day? Some days I'm just like sharp and on point. Mm -hmm. And I know, man, I'm moving at optimum speed. And then other days it's like dragging, you know, I'm buffering, (laughs) you know, but I'm, you know, and it's. My daughter was taking uh, Claritin and whatever the other one is for two years. Went vegan in six months. Done. Ain't that crazy. She ain't on no Claritin, no sniffy noses, no nothing. And and we looked at her her body type. Now does she totally different. cut out gluten as well? Everything. I mean, when I'm talking these these are straight vegan. They want to know what the butter, how the butter, the butter have dairy in. I don't want it because there's <laughs> butter without dairy. Right. They look mm-hmm. at the oils. We go out to eat. They they question. What is this made with? Well, we don't want that. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are straight. They, they, no, there's no deviation. And, uh, but I, I would tell you, hats off to them because I deviate, you know, I still get, get out there. I, I'm weak in that sense. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. But they are, they're strong, man. And they, 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 they look good and they, they are committed and it's offended a lot of family. A lot of my family, man, you come around the house and eat, they get offended. Oh, you know, yeah. you know how we that's, are. That's disrespectful. No, we are, man. Thanksgiving? No, man, it's disrespectful. You don't want none of this macaroni and cheese? Right. What's wrong with him? <laughs> right. You better cut that I out. Think, right. You better get this plate. Right. For real. Come on I over here. Too. You done got a plate for 20 years and you ain't going to get a plate tonight? <laughs> right. What is wrong Act with you? funny. Right. I, I, I think, too, it, you know, a lot of people get offended because they speak weaknesses to themselves. You know yeah. what I mean? So, like, if you, you know, you're eating healthy and this person over here and they're eating, you know, bad, you know, you telling them, hey, I can't have that, you know, it, it makes them feel some type of way, you oh, know, because yeah. it speaks a weakness to so, them. So, when you go to a restaurant, a real nice restaurant in Chicago, and it's expensive, they ain't paying all that for that. But if somebody bought it for you, you'd eat it. Of when, course. when you eat it, you'd be like, man, it was so, I had the best mashed potatoes, best, 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 best. What do you say? <laughs> for sure. Probably because it was fixed with no preservatives. It's probably because it was high end food. It was mm-hmm. higher end food, exactly. And we don't we take that for granted. Mm-hmm. We take mm-hmm. it for granted because look here, Le, even LeBron James. Somebody somebody said this. And I don't know if LeBron re re we talked about it again, but it was you got a million dollar contract, okay? So you got a million dollar body of work. Sure, literally and figuratively. And you're going to put McDonald's in that? And they showed some some ball players on a plane with four bags of McDonald's. You know, they were getting their calories on. Mm-hmm. But you you expecting high-end performance and putting $100, putting McDonald's in it. Like mm-hmm. you said, the Bentley Gasp. Love the analogy. But think about that. Uh, uh, these players, their lifespans are short in, in sports, especially football. But there are some guys that are Adrian Peterson types, you know, right. full body freaks on of nature for freaks in nature. LeBron has a chef. And I, 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 when I read, he said he was vegan. I mean, he's, he's, look at his dude. I mean, he's a powerful train. Well, I know he goes back and forth with it. Right. I know okay. he do. Cause 
Like sometimes he, you know, when he want to drop, he'll go back and forth yeah. with it. But I mean, it most definitely works. I think the well, clearest way to lose weight is to straight up just straight vegan. You ain't got to want no diets, no pills, no nothing. For sure, he doesn't have the physique of a LeBron, but Tom Brady. Oh yeah, eats clean as it comes. Clean, and he, he has been. He He's hasn't been, been hurt. Hasn't been hurt. Thank you. Thank. He's you. been healthy. And Thank he also you. do a lot of heated yoga and all that stuff too. I think. As a professional athlete, if you do not do yoga, you are playing yourself. For those of you out there listening, haven't tried yoga and you are athletic or want to be athletic, want to be healthier, give yoga a real chance. Give it a Mm -hmm. month. You can't just do it Mm -hmm. two or three times. Give it a month's worth of work. Six times. I'm telling you. It will challenge you in ways you've never been challenged before. It will make you understand and fine tune each and every part of your mm-hmm. body from finger to toe. You sound like Russell Simmons over there. <laughs> it will. It definitely will because yeah. what it does is it makes you hold yourself in an uncomfortable position and you have to breathe and work and manage your mind through that mm-hmm. time period. And then you'll find out a lot about yourself. Mm -hmm. Just when's the last time you were able to freely just be within yourself, thinking of your own thoughts, trying to manage your own body and the the struggles that it's going through presently, not Mm -hmm. previously, not in the future, in the present. How often are you right in the present with your own body? (laughs) <laughs> in the fast paced life that we have in the in the age of technology, in the age of trying to be better, trying to do more things, trying to multitask. When is the last time you've been left alone with your own thoughts to think about those things? Mm. That's deep. Todd looked like I've never been in that position before. <laughs> I mean, you, you're not, though. not yeah. too many. It's like on the level of getting your feet done at the uh, the nail shop. You ever had that done? I have. So it's a it's a, a game changing experience. I've never had it done. Oh, oh I have mine done before. I mean, I, I, I go back. I mean, yeah. My girls have got me hooked. I mean, it's worth it, it's especially if they do that 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 hot coals <laughs> from your knees down. Me and Charles actually had an argument, or we had a discussion about this because I'm like, man, I will never man, go. Please. I to get any manicure, pedicure. Oh I, man, never. Mm. I I can't get. I'm not going to sit there and get my nails done. I mean, I won't say that I would never do it, but my feet. You got to take care of your feet. Yeah, got to take care of your feet. Yeah. You got to take grown, care of this grown. vehicle. Period. Yeah. You're right, and and see, I I didn't think of it like that. I wasn't thinking about that because I'm you know it, I was ba- I was basing it if you, strictly if you, off of. Oh, I'm a man. I'll I never go. If your pedal and your car broke, you're going to fix it. If your steering wheel broke, you're going to fix it. Man. If you open your door, handle breaks, you're going to fix it. You're going to fix it. <laughs> you're right. I hate to see what your feet look like. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, they <laughs> animal the opera over there. Hey, look, they put your foot in this hot bag of wax and the heat. Man, look. And then it rips the first layer of all your skin off. <laughs> no way. It comes off like a, a paper bag. 
That's oh, crazy. Man. I never had that. Done but yeah. you you mm-hmm. said That's something stuff. that wow. That's good stuff, man. You said something that changed my thought about it because I was like, Charles, why would you ever go <laughs> with your wife and get this d- stuff done? Because oh, yeah, you know, specifically with your wife, I was. Yeah, I said, yeah, yeah. why would you ever do that? You don't follow up with that one. And yeah, if you're on a fellow's trip, <laughs> you're just gonna call your boy. But hey, man, you ready to go? Hey, show? bro, we gonna get right. those No, <laughs> go with your lady. It's it's a time to bond with your woman because mm-hmm. they bring your drinks. They might have an iPad sitting there. You can get on the web or something. You go to sleep and massage chairs on you. See, I did. I never thought like that. And I would. And mm-hmm. I'm. I'm. I guess I've been known to be a, a cheapskate. <laughs> I want I, in my mind. I want to have money on a rainy day. That's that's just how and you know your it, feet. Your feet are essential, a breathing components of your body, and you got to really think about the nerves in there mm-hmm. and everything. Because you know when people get bad feet, yeah, you can't. What you gonna do? You can't walk. Mm-hmm. You gonna ride a bike the rest of your life? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You'll be on a scooter. The art of reflexology is foot massage and there are pressure points within the foot that reflect different parts of the body. With that being said, a reflexologist can increase blood flow, Mm. can do certain things with that to identify problems in you that you are not even identifying with yourself. So you're, you're like the car and all the, the check engine lights going off, but you're like, man, I've been feeling bad last couple of days. Mm-hmm. Well, specifically, there is a you know geographic pattern to the the foot that different parts of the body represent. So wow. if they press in this position, and you having troubles with your your gallbladder or whatever, it's reflected in such. Mm-hmm. See, I yeah, I you said something key. When, cause I, I'm like, I don't want to spend that much money, but he was said, he said something like, well, why wouldn't you spend that much money on your body? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, man, that's re- something real. You know, like mm-hmm. I will spend that much money on club. T- yeah, yeah. Anything that Cover doesn't matter. Drink. And, and mind you, it's, this isn't a, a daily, a weekly, this is. Just like you're doing, you know, again, another car analogy, the oil change. Hey, from time to time, you're going to need to do these things. Just, mm-hmm. just deal with it. Yeah. You eventually have to cut your toenails. You do oh, it yeah. yourself, you're going to mess them up, especially big toe. And you're going to get some infection somewhere along the line. We're getting older. Go to that shop, let them women knock that thing out. And Who's do it better right than them? They do this all day. That's all their job. You do this once every right. four months. Look at yourself. You're cutting them into triangles. They looking like eyes. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Game of, and everything, Game of Thrones in there, man. <laughs> Your socks see, is yeah. getting yeah. You, 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 you running through socks, man. <laughs> but see, when I make it, I'm gonna have my own personal one. I just want. I just want. When you make it where? When you make what? Oh well, I'm a guy of trials for the NBA D League um, for professional basketball. Okay. So that's you know when I make I it. I just say it. <laughs> I just say it. Claim it. Claim it. Yeah, claim, claim it. Make them own it. You know when I make it, I'm going to have my own um, professional person come over and do it. Well, why are you waiting though? Since you balling, you need to get them, them, them shoes ready, right? 
I get agree. the tires ready. I agree. Mm-hmm. Somebody <laughs> just go go over there to the nail shop with the nail sixty six or Lucky's. I don't know too many of these people, man. Mm. But you need to go. So, question: Is that have you been to any out east? Actually, I went to one. Wait a minute. <laughs> I went. No, I never. Actually, I never did go to one. I went to the one in Chicago. So funny that you asked that. As much time as I spent out east in Baltimore and Pittsburgh, those two places preferably, I thought about it from all the times out there by myself. I never went. My daughter goes to school at DePaul, so when I was up there one night, we was eating dinner. I just flew into Chicago and I was going to drive back. And I said, hey, you know what? I'm thinking I'm going to spend a night. I said, let's go. Let's go to the shop. She said, there's one right down the street. So we went to the shop, hung out, bonding time. But um, it was good, you know, the, Chicago is a little different than Springfield. Obviously, the price is a little different, but the concept is still the same. So, mm. but yeah, I know where you're going about out east. So, <laughs> I got a story about out east, man. You want me to share this with spontaneous story for you young fellas? Do, do tell. Who's oldest in room? Me. Yes, okay. and then me. <laughs> so uh, I'm out east. And I'm in Baltimore. I'm at the Godforsaken Baltimore City Jail, place where Freddie Gray died. Wow. Documentary on HBO, I think, right now about uh, Baltimore, right? If you got HBO or Showtime, maybe one of the two shows, one or two that's showing it. And um, every day I went to that jail. And uh, it got to the point where my wife was saying, when are you coming home? Because I'd fly out on Sunday night and I'd come back Friday night. Mm -hmm. So there's a 5.30 flight from Springfield to Chicago and United. Shout out to United because I got a ton of points with them. <laughs> um, is that who drugged oh man, my man's off the plane like that? You know, I did. Yeah, they I wish they drugged me though. They could have drugged me. I, I wish they would have drugged me. I, you would have had like yes seven because I would have survived. I would have survived. Yeah, but I, I'd have, I'd have my own plane. You took right that on the <laughs> Yeah, I took one for the team. I took one for y'all. We would have a new bro. We would have a podcast in a serious in place. <laughs> we'd do it serious. Five hundred G five. But um. We take we take wow. we take helicopters as Ubers, okay. Yes. Mile high <laughs> podcast. So uh, I'm out there, man, and um, it, my wife's like, "When you coming home? You're, you're leaving Sunday night, five thirty. Playing Chicago. I'd land in Baltimore probably about midnight. Get up that morning, go to work Monday. So Friday, the plane leaves. The latest I can get home would be ten o'clock Friday night. So the story goes as this: My wife, like I said, she's, "Where you come home? When you come home?" So I say. Hey, why don't you fly with me this week? So I've been about two months out there. So I spent about four months. So two months, the last two months. So I said, why don't you come out with me? She said, all right. So we, we got in a car and we drove to Chicago, hopped on a plane that night, $250 round trip ticket for her. Right. Now I've been flying enough with United. I can call him as a elite member, whatever you want to call it. Star Alliance. He's stunting. Yes. Stunting hard, hard (laughs) disclaimer, disclaimer. And I can adjust my tickets, you know, and um, and I knew always knew the, the the card I had to play was I had those points, so I could always say, you know what, just throw twenty five thousand points at it, whatever I need to adjust it. Never had to do it, but I always knew I had that backup plan. So my wife gets out there with me, and I'm gonna stunt real hard on this one. So we uh, <laughs> landed about midnight, and I knew at National Car Rental you pick your own car, mm-hmm. and I knew on Sunday nights they'd either be getting them ready for Monday morning. And all the people be coming in Sunday night, dropping them off. They need to be full of cars or they have a little bit left. Either way, I was such an elite member that I could pick the car I wanted 
that was nice upscale. You know, your wife's coming, you're going to get something good. Mm -hmm. She loves fast cars. So there was this nice brand new charger, two door black charger. I said, we're getting that. It was the only car left. Mm. It was a van. Imagine So I said, um, you know, Baltimore is about three hours from New York to the city. I always thought about driving there. Every time I would ride by Camden Yards going to work every day, I would see the sign, New York, Boston. I said, I'm going to get on that expressway one day. Mm-hmm. Tolls in New York, 10 15 $30. Dollars? No Dollars. Yikes. You gonna pay? You gonna pay some money to and fro, to and from. That's why people take the train or the bus, the wow. mega bus. Because you get the mega bus for twenty two bucks, no tolls, but you are gonna sit amongst whoever on the bus filming. It depends on what time you go, but the bus you can take the mega bus for twenty two. Twenty two. What's the subway? I don't know, because I never got to I never got to New York and had to use the subway at that time. So the story goes as this: my wife, my wife and I. Um, it's a Thursday and we're supposed to come back Friday. And I had remembered that there was some concerts in New York going on. Like Dave Chappelle was running a whole month. Remember he did that August yeah, 1st, August run. 31st. Yeah. We, we was there like August 14th, 15th, 16th, somewhere around there. And I knew Mary J. Blige in town. I knew uh, Layla Hathaway was coming. You know, all these people. And I knew my wife. I said, man, we're going to find out something. I'm going to spontaneously get something. So I remember I had applied for a credit card. And uh, for travel, for like gas, I would only use this one card for gas because I fronted all my travel. My company would pay me. Right. They would they would do the the plane, but I would do like the gas, the rental car, and all that stuff. So uh, so the story goes on Thursday night. I call my boy, and it's a name Springfield legend. It used to be Larry Johnson, but his name is Mark Clark, radio disc jockey from Magic One Eight. Okay. Back in the late nineties or so, he did about six years, I think, in St. Louis. He went to Baltimore and did this radio show in Baltimore for eight years. Well, I hit him up on LinkedIn. I saw that he was doing a show out of New York, 103.9. And I was like, Mark, I texted him and said, you still do New York? He was, yeah. He was, I broadcast from Madison Square Garden. I said, what? He says, my radio show is in Madison Square Garden. That's where we wow. do it. I said, oh, man. I said, what you got going? He said, man, I got Layla Hathaway coming tomorrow morning. Can you get here? <laughs> <laughs> I said, yeah, I can come. Oh, yeah, I can get My here. wife is a dude, loves some Layla Hathaway. Mm-hmm. And that brings it back to like 1992, when the first album came out, Florida a and I'm with my wife, with my girlfriend at the time, Tina, and and she was, it just, Layla Hathaway, she introduced me to Layla. So, <laughs> story goes this, so I called Mark, he says, come to the rail station, can you get here? It, I'm sorry, it's, and it was Friday morning, I said, sure. So I called my boss, I said, hey, can I not be at the meeting tomorrow? He said, no, you got to be here, Dave. I said, in person? Can I be on the phone? He goes, no, you got to be here. So I had an hour, a window of opportunity to leave. They drugged that meeting on that morning. So I missed the Layla Hathaway. Oh, man. So I called Mark and couldn't get a hold of him back and forth. He said, hey, man. He said, why don't you just come into the studio about 7 o'clock tonight? He goes, I'm starting my show at 7. Friday night, New York City. I told my wife, I said, let's do it. So we drove to New York, right? Got to New York, man. Got to Madison Square Garden. I got pics. I put them on the gram. And I'm standing in front of the ground <laughs> like, I'm y'all. here. I'm here. Mark says, come upstairs when you get here. I got to security. We don't know no Mark Clark. What are you talking about? I said, oh, God. My heart just dropped. My wife's like, but it's New York. So I'm like, we here. So mm-hmm. we're going to find something to do. Here come Mark Clark. 
walking up the steps. He's like, what's up, Dave? Springfield guy, man. Went to Springfield High. You right, know? Right. It's like it was yesterday. <laughs> All the love in the world. Take us upstairs, Mass Square Garden. We're in the garden, man, at 103.9. Wow, he starts awesome. rail station like this. He says, get on the mic. He says, New York, New York. I got Dave Freeman here and his wife, Tina. They got a dilemma. And he says, they want to stay up here with me or, and then I said, or go to Dave Chappelle. My wife looked like, what? <laughs> Dave Chappelle's at Radio City Music Hall right. tonight. Mm. So I was like, oh. So I'm like, nah, I got to get these tickets now. So Mark said to New York, <laughs> Mark was like, yo, he said, New York, call me up. Tell me what we should do. What we should do. What should Dave do? And I was like hoping and praying somebody would call me and say, I got tickets for y'all, man. We got tickets for y'all. Come to Radio City Music Hall. So all that time I'm on my phone on StubHub and I'm locating tickets. Well, the night before I knew Dave was there, but I didn't think we'd go to, I thought we'd go to Mary J. Blige concert in Brooklyn that night. Cause that's where she was in Harlem or Brooklyn. One or two. And so, but Dave Chappelle, man, my wife, Dave Chappelle, that's it. You know, she could probably leave me for him and I couldn't get mad, whatever. Right. right. So, um, <laughs> look up, man. I get on StubHub. I find two tickets. I buy them. Not even tell my wife or nothing. I just say, I'm going to buy them. And some lady called me and said, she goes, she had this New York accent. You know, she's like, you need to give them the tickets, Mark. You know, you got tickets. What's wrong with you, man? You know, you got tickets. He goes, I really don't. I don't. I don't have nothing. I was thinking somebody would hear because he's a syndicate. This radio show, radio show was a syndication of Tom Joyner. Okay. Tom Joyner Morning Show. Yeah. There's, there's, a issue, there's a reason I say that name. So um, nobody calls in for tickets. I bought the tickets. So I go to download them. I couldn't get a service. I couldn't do nothing. He said, man, sometimes we don't get good service up here. Jump mm. on the computer. So Mark, man, if you ever hear this, I'm sorry, but I'm going to say it. Mark had a jacked up old compact computer. <laughs> but that thing worked. But it got through. It got through the StubHub. Well, guess what? Couldn't print the tickets. So I called a lady at StubHub. You call them, they got the guarantee. I was nervous, dude. It was seven o'clock. The show started at eight. We was at Madison Square Garden. Oh, Radio under, City. You're under the gun. We're under the gun. I'm Traffic like, yo, what is up? My wife's like, oh, why you spend all that money? Why you spend that money? I don't even know what the tickets cost. Straight didn't up. It didn't matter. I didn't even matter. It didn't matter. You had to make this audible made and make it. the play. Made the play, man. <laughs> so the lady said, hey, I just downloaded two tickets for you. Have fun to show. That's all she said. Wow. So I didn't even care what they were, when they were. All I remember seeing was I bought the tickets. I could see on the stage where I'd be sitting at. It was like middle, middle to the right a little bit, you know. Decent seats on the floor. Man, so... We leave. Mark's like, yo, New York, if you see Dave and Tina, they catching a cab or Uber. They may walk. They don't know. It's raining. It's a seven minute drive, but they might walk. It might be quicker. You know, we find a cab. I was like, screw Uber right now, man. We need a cab. Cabbies everywhere. Go. We need to go right I said, now. Yo, get us there. Get us there now. <laughs> got to Radio City Music Hall. We had our tickets. We walked through the line. And so Dave Chappelle's got this rule that they take your phone and they put it in this pouch and they have that, um, a little thing, a little uh, needle. It's like, you got a bathroom? She goes, yeah. I said, go to the bathroom. She went to the bathroom. I started talking to this cop. And I was like, man, where, are, where do I sit? You know, where do we see? Oh, there's somewhere down there. You know, they need an old t-shirt on. Brooke, that's crib or something. <laughs> but, um, so my wife comes, man, I got to tell you the story. So we're walking down the aisle, the Radio City Music Hall, man. It's Radio City. And we're just walking down. And I'm waiting for the usher to stop. And we kept walking. And I said, I think my seat's over here. And he just kept walking. I'm thinking, man, this dude, don't embarrass me and take me someplace I'm not supposed to go. Uh-huh. 
we keep going down. If you know Radio City Music Hall, they have a place called The Pit. It's like an orchestra place. Mm-hmm. Three rows back from the stage is where our seats were. We were in The Pit. We weren't in the general population. We were in The Pit. And then two rows in front of me in the first row was Tom Joyner. Wow. Couldn't wow. believe it, man. I could not believe it. I was so close to Dave Chappelle, I could smell his smoke. And I think I was getting a contact high or whatever he had. <laughs> for real, for real. So Trevor Noah was on the show. Okay, yeah. Hannibal was on the show. Nice. Very nice. And then Dave came out and blew it, tore it up. How but was man, Trevor? Trevor was awesome. Yeah. Trevor was good. Wore some tight ass jeans, you know, his ass was all up in my face a little He's bit. He's South African oh, though, isn't he? South African for <laughs> yeah, real, for real, for real. He claims his brother, he pl- he claims his brother, he's got his past. He keeps it real. Yeah, he keeps it real. He keeps it hard real. Yeah, he was good. They went in hard. They went in real hard <laughs> on Trump and life and general people. Hannibal was just funny as shit, but he was crude funny. Okay. Mm. So he brought that other side of it, you know, just kind of dry humor crude. Right. Um, he was Hannibal. I guess he went to SIU. Did he? I don't know. Mark Nunn. Ask, ask Mark. I really? think Mark went to school with him. I, think I was unaware of that. He was supposed to pledge Alpha or something, and they didn't accept him. Wow. He became a movie star. So there you go. Alphas. <laughs> Take that. SIU. Mark Nunn. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, I was the man for that night with uh, those tickets. Come to find out, the tickets I bought, since they wouldn't download, they have a guarantee. The lady found two open tickets, and so she upgraded me. Oh, you got blessed. So my blessing came from being ignorant. Okay. <laughs> in so many ways. But um man, that was that was righteous, man. That was nice. That's impromptu, dope, spontaneous with your lady, man. Sometimes you just gotta go. Mm-hmm. You just gotta go with the flow and do it. Don't worry about the money. Don't worry about the money. Cause I didn't have it. I don't know where the money came from. <laughs> okay. But I, I got blessed to the point where there's people probably in there who paid a thousand dollars. I probably pay close, but I didn't pay as much as a lot of people that probably wanted to try to make their night the way they wanted to make their night. So, right, they ain't gonna happen all the time, though. Okay, but um, that's my story, man. Yeah, that's what's up. Good. That's good, Yo, man. That's awesome. That's good, man. Like you said, every once in a while, you gotta go ahead and and and, and take that risk and and jump out there and, and and try to do something nice. You know what I mean? You got to extend yourself out there and. Put forth the effort to make something, especially someone as special as your wife, mm. feel important, especially when you're in a, a place like New York City, mm-hmm. Times Square, mm. Madison Square Garden. The table was set for you to make the decision. You could have been a sucker. Right. Or you could have stepped up to the challenge. Yeah. And that's what we're all about here at Intentional Dangerfield. Field.